Brokenness. It took a big fish. Follow me. Stay with me. Don't, don't, don't get uh, sidetracked here. We're going to look at Jonah 2, 1 through 10. 1983 rolled around and I left the ministry. Uh, for seven years I ran from God. And there were some very dark days during that period of my life. And I read a book by uh, M.R. DeHaan, uh, radio Bible class fame, and he wrote uh, Broken Things, and God used that book to renew my heart, but he had to break me before he could use me again. And that was painful. DeHaan's book reveals a biblical and God-honoring view of this thing called brokenness. Think about it. In the physical world, we buy things, they break, we throw them away. In the, in the social world, we gain friends for whatever reason, they abandon us, and rather than reach out to try and win them back, sadly, we throw them out. Church world, same thing. Somebody's foot slips in the church world, and rather than try to restore them through reconciliation, that sorry rascal, we kick them out. Now, I'm not saying that church discipline isn't, uh, isn't something that we should practice. It is, and we do. But sometimes when somebody's foot slips, they fall off the wagon, as it were, for some reason, we kick them out. You know, what we call trash, God calls treasure, and what we tend to reject, God restores. But God cannot use us, my friends, until we're broken. James 4, 6 says, But he gives us even more grace to stand against such evil desires. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud and favors the humble. God has little use for proud people. He's going to do whatever it takes to break us. And with, in Jonah's case, to get his attention, it took a big fish. Now, I don't know if it was a whale. It could have been a whale. It could have been a specially designed, never before seen, never was caught, never came back again. It was, a, it was, this, it was a cyber fish. It was this fish that, that uh, nobody has ever, maybe it was the Loch Ness Monster. I don't know, but it was a big fish. And we're in Alaska, and we saw some big fish. I mean, these, no, they were mammals. I mean, these things were monstrous. And you need to ask Sarita about her, her whale story sometimes, sometime because it, it, was, it was neat. But from the life of Jonah, God performed a painful work which ultimately changed Jonah's mind. Jonah, too, I believe, exists as a warning for us. Let me read what, what the prophet wrote here. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from inside the fish. <laughs> Have you ever seen that cartoon that Jonah's on his knees, hands folded, and inside the fish, it's a cartoon, and inside the fish you can see the, the ribs, and there's this little candle that's lit, and he's, he's praying to God, and, and you know, kind of having this, this uh, Good Friday prayer meeting. He said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead. He's in the belly of a fish. Are there living things inside of a fish? Uh, probably not for long. 
sending you heard me. You threw me into the ocean depths, and I sank down to the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. Then I said, Oh, Lord, you have driven me from your presence, yet I will look once more toward your holy temple. I sank beneath the waves, and the waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth whose gates locked shut forever. But you, O Lord, my God, snatched me from the jaws of death. As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord, and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Those who worship false gods turn their backs on all God's mercies. (laughs) So, So as he's in this fish, and God says, okay, you know, we had this come to Jesus meeting, and, and so... And so here comes the whale, or the fish, up to the beach. He's swimming. He's swimming, so here's the fish. Pops out of the water. And in one big rip, out comes Jonah. And where did he get barfed up at? The shores of Nineveh, the very place that God told him to go, and he said, no, I'm going to go the other way, paid his price, went to Tarshish. God prepared that fish, and the fish knew his direction, went back to Nineveh, barfed him out on the ocean, and so when he, God says, you need to talk to the people, he did. And so here's Jonah. He's got seaweed wrapped around his head. He's half naked, probably all the way naked, because the fish acid has eaten away his clothes. His sandal, one sandal is off, the other one is kind of flopping around. And so he's walking, and he's, he's, he's at this place of, of uh, deep repentance. And so he goes up, and here's this, here's this Ninevite. You know, he's on the shore, surf casting, singing. Isn't the love of Jesus something wonderful? And he's fishing away. And here comes Jonah. That's a prophet walking with only one sandal. And he comes up behind this Ninevite that's fishing. And the Ninevite doesn't know what's going on. And he looks. And all of a sudden, he goes... Repent! What do you think that that Ninevite did? (laughs) I think he repented. (laughs) And so Jonah got the picture. In verse 2 of chapter 1, God tells Jonah, he says, Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it, because I have seen how wicked the people are. And Jonah got up and went... We have said before, though, he went in the wrong direction. And if he didn't like them, he didn't like them because he, it, Jonah was kind of the first known racist in the Bible. Uh, they were from the wrong side of the tracks. They talked funny. They looked funny. They acted funny. They dressed funny. And what if they got saved? He was going to have to live by these people. Heaven forbid. Jonah felt that he should control his own life. He was an adult. He should decide where he should go on ministry, on mission. He, should, he didn't need God's direction. God says, this is what I want you to do. Go preach to the people. He was going to do that, but not to the Ninevites. Consider this. 
When has God spoken to you, or maybe what has he told you to do, and you actually went the other way? That's exactly what I did in 1983, and that's why my life was miserable. And I drugged my family through that misery. They didn't do anything. They followed me. Maybe you were asked to teach. Maybe you were asked to conduct a class or lead a ministry group. Maybe be in the praise band. Maybe speak to your neighbor. Maybe call a friend or a stranger. Maybe rebuild a broken relationship. You haven't spoken to this person for 10 years and you said, hey, I'm not going to that sorry rascal. Look what he said about me. And God says, repent. Repair. Restore that relationship. So if I'm a child of God and I run away from God, then I can fully expect to be God-smacked. I really can. And he, right upside the head, he'll get your attention. And if you don't on that one, he'll get you with the other one. I'll be like the bad guy who finally cracks under pressure and he spills his guts ratting out his accomplices. You know, it's a, from our text, though, let's look at four truths about brokenness. The principle of brokenness. Brokenness is the process where God brings us to the end of ourselves and into total trust, love, and submission to him. That's brokenness. The truth is, we, like Jonah, prefer to be independent, yet God demands us to be dependent upon him. He does not want us to lean on our own understanding, but rather we are to acknowledge him in all ways. And when we do that, he will direct our paths. There's no way to acknowledge who and what he is without giving him the adoration which is due. If we refuse to look, God, look up, God may well take us down. James 1 says, count it pure joy. Pure joy. When the trials come because they are the very tools God uses to make you want to be what he wants us to be. You got a trial in your life? Thank you, Jesus. These trials are sent to us to make us like him. The second thing is where brokenness lives. Where is brokenness at? God gave Jonah every chance to change his mind, direction, and location, and Jonah, that sorry rascal, refused. The place of brokenness was not on the deck of the ship, <laughs> but rather in the belly of that fish. Just think, had Jonah heard the storm and prayed a prayer of repentance, what would have happened? I think the storm would have stopped, Jonah would have repented, and that, that I was going to say bus, <laughs> that's what happens when you're on a bus for 13 days with a bunch of old people. That, that ship would change courses, I believe, and go back to Nineveh. I believe that God would have directed that. Although we'll never know, God could have softened the wind and returned them safely to port. Yet Jonah was stubborn and proud and so hard-headed, he wound up at the bottom of the ocean. And it was in the belly of the fish where God did his work of brokenness. Even here, it took Jonah three days. Three, I mean, I would have been repentant when I hit water. There wasn't any life rafts. There wasn't any, there wasn't any kind of, of buoyancy device. There wasn't, any, there wasn't even a, a, an empty box or a board floating by that he could grab onto. And he sunk like a rock. But it still, it took him three days in the belly of that fish before he repented. And sometimes we're just as stubborn. It takes three days. It takes a period of time 
where we're in the middle of the muck and the mire and the stink and the lousy condition of life, and we finally say, God, why are you doing this to us? And God says, you numbskull. You have done it to yourself. However, because I'm God, you repent, I'll restore you. Now, I don't think the automatic, the first case of automatic eject system uh, in the Bible, which is Jonah getting barfed on the beach, I don't think that was a pleasant experience. But it worked. And Jonah repented. So, God may not have you or me swallowed up by a fish, but he can put us in the bed of a hospital. He can put us in the morgue or even in a lifetime of physical therapy. Make no mistake, he can and will work, his ch- work on his children to help them see the need for obedience. I'm going to bury my sister, Virginia, Wednesday. She wasn't being disciplined. She was being rewarded. And that's going to be coming to us if the Lord tarries. We'll be rewarded. I don't know that God takes us all the way out of the picture when he's trying to get our attention. He may. He may allow a child to be, to be uh, killed because that child has been in the way of your, of your decision to follow Christ. I'm not saying that is the case at all. But God will use whatever means he has to to get your attention to restore your dependence upon him to begin that brokenness. The third thing, brokenness hurts. Anybody have a broken bone? I mean, I don't know how much it was really painful, but Jeremy has milked this crutch business for all it was worth. You know? And we caught him a couple of times where he forgot where he laid the crutch. And you see him, well, he'd start the old limp, you know, and, and moaning and groaning. Oh, you sorry rascal. But, but, you know, brokenness really hurts. A broken finger, a dislocated finger, a broken rib. Uh, there's, no pain, there's, no, there's no heal on that. So when we read Jonah 2, it's filled with graphic words which describe pain. He begins with distress which is affliction, trouble, great trouble, and then paints a picture of life from the inside of a prison in the belly of a fish. So when God decides to send pain to get your attention and you refuse to listen and respond, he can turn up the heat. (laughs) And he can do it until you realize it can only get worse. God uses pain and trials to produce brokenness in our lives, and Jonah's pain led him to say that he was walking with the dead. There's nothing that was alive apart from Jonah in the belly of that fish. I don't know how God kept him alive. That's, that's miraculous. I don't think it was a pleasant experience. Where do you lie down inside a fish? You know, fluff up a dead mackerel and something. But Jonah's pain caused him to say, I am, I am walking with the dead. Now, isn't it amazing, if you, if you study this, God never uses the same method twice to get his servant's attention. This is the only time that God ever used a, a big fish to get the attention of, of a, a disobedient servant. Only time in the Bible I know that. With Job, Job used Satan. In David's life, 
He used sin. For Peter, it was the spoken word. Moses heard silence and Jacob was given solitude. Jonah is the poster child for suffering. You say, no, that, was, that had to be Job. Uh, that, that was a different case. Job's, Job's suffering was to bring honor and glory to God. Job was already broken. Jonah's pain and suffering was because he hadn't been broken. Whatever pain you may be carrying right now, think of it as God's gift as he seeks to break you. It doesn't feel like a gift, John. I'm breaking. My heart's breaking. I'm physically broken. I am emotionally broken. These, these kids of mine, this spouse of mine, is causing such affliction in my life that is, I, I am just, I am, I'm broken. But he's trying to get rid of the prideful attitude and disobedient actions that we may have into something that he can use. Before modern medicine could offer anesthesia for surgeries and with other medical procedures, uh, the patient would be given something to bite on, you know, a rag, a stick, a bullet. Now, when we were in, when we were in on, our, on our trip with the old people on the bus, <laughs> that was a choice, I know. It wasn't an affliction, it was fun. We went upstairs to this, to this uh, 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 this was a mansion, a plantation mansion, where it was turned into a hospital, and this room was the surgical room. And they would amputate limbs and throw them off into the corner, and you could still see in the corner of that room on the floorboards the stain that blood had left on the wood, and they hadn't done anything to try and remove that. I don't think they could have. I think it was sunk that deep. All the, but, but back then, they did have... Uh, uh, not chlor- chloroform? No. What, uh, uh, ether. 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 And that's how they put rabbits to sleep. You heard of the ether bunny? <laughs> Well, some of you were starting to drift on me, so I had a little levity. But, but uh, with a broken bone, they had a choice. You know, a little pain now for a normal life or no pain now and be crippled for life. Pain of today makes way for much better life tomorrow, which brings me to the final thought. Why we have to be broken? And we all do. In verses 2 through 6, Jonah saw himself in the belly of the fish and walking with the dead with no way out. And verse 7 portrays this. As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord. <laughs> oh yeah, God. <laughs> and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Isn't it the, 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 often the case? We are we're at the bottom and the pit of despair. And then we suddenly realize, wait a minute. God can fix this. And I know what I need to do. Yes, I'm I'm broken. I've got to come to God and say, Lord, I deserve everything that you give me. But I'm coming to your holy temple asking you. Asking you to restore me. And it's my earnest prayer. And I'm repenting. And he felt like there was no exit. Maybe like the children at the, uh, of Israel at the Red Sea, he'd come to a point where he knew that nothing he could do would help. Nothing. 
he was, he was, he was all, he, he couldn't, he, he, no matter how big of a control freak he was, he couldn't control this. He couldn't even make the, the fish upset enough to throw him up out in the ocean. He had to wait for God to appoint that. See, it's all about God's timing, and it's all about God, the way that God is, is working. And if we don't come to that place of repentance in our life, we will remain broken. We will remain ineffective. And we'll remain in a life of misery, and God isn't going to be able to use us. So allow yourself to be broken. And it was at that moment he remembered the Lord. And while there is much more in this phrase than a simple I remembered, that total recall was the first step. One paraphrase says, I turned my thoughts toward God, while another one says, I kept the memory of my Lord. See, we, we remember how God has taken, used us and taken us out of this, this despair that we've had in our life. We've all been there. In fact, Matt, you probably have had such dark days you even have a name about the dark day. Blackie. I mean, that's, there's some dark times that you experience. But in order for God to press, impress upon you this this wonderful deliverance, he gave you this name. I don't know, but it sounded good. And maybe it's a remembrance of, I serve the Lord, I've repented, and I remember where I've come from. But the word has a deeper meaning as it means to burn incense toward. In this remembrance, Jonah fell back on the mercy, power, grace, and love of God. This is the purpose and result of brokenness. This is where God wants us to be. If you have pain in your life, God could be breaking you. Do the circumstances you you, you face have your full attention right now? Don't run or hide, grow angry, or become bitter. Turn to God, the author and the finisher of, of, of your faith. And in God's wise counsel, everything must be broken before it can be used fruitfully. And so from the beginning of time, man is in a world of brokenness. The crying of a child over a broken toy, the sorrow of a young man over a broken trust, all these things have a commonality in this world of brokenness. There's the broken heart of the mother as her teenage, the teenager that she's nursed breaks her heart by their rebellious spirit. There is the sorrow of the faithful wife who sits alone in late hours under, knowing full well that her husband is, is being unfaithful and her heart is shattered waiting for him to come home. All along the way lay fragments of things that once were hopes and joy. That, that child was the dream of your love, breaks your dreams. That business venture you envision fails. And as the days go by, there are more and more of these broken things. And, and as old men stumbles as he walks, he looks back upon a world of broken things, broken homes, broken hearts, broken bodies, broken hopes and dreams and health and vows, broken lives. What sadness of brokenness in those words. Broken things suggest accidents and calamities, but God knows no disappointments. With God, there are no calamities. He knows all things from the beginning, and nothing that happens surprises him. It doesn't take him by surprise when we are in a, a situation that maybe he has caused to bring about brokenness. 
So are you being broken today by illness or a heart that grieves over the bitterness of a love spurned or being abused? There's comfort for you. God knows all about it. He would not permit it if he did not see that in the end you will be benefited. You don't see it now, but one day he's going to make his plan for you crystal clear. And I need to remind myself that God makes only what he breaks and breaks only what he wants to make whole again. So if you're broken, God's working with you. He's making something that someday will absolutely astound you of how it works. And each time that I've passed through that valley of disappointment, I've cried out, why me, Lord? God has always led me out of the gloom into greater light. Always. We think broken things are a loss, but God turns them into gain. But in grace, God will never use a person. Listen to me. He will never use a person until they've gone through brokenness. So we understand the principles of brokenness. God demands dependence. We, we understand where brokenness lives. What is, what is the, the fish belly that you're in today? Yeah, it could be that, that, that distraction of, of hard times in the family. It could be all kinds of things, but God will use that just as he used Jonah and just as he used that fish to bring him to that place of understanding his brokenness and repent. Brokenness hurts, friends. It's not a good experience. It's not fun. But at the other, if, we, if we look through it and see that it will be good for us, we will be, it, it will be beneficial, we'll, we'll become whole through that brokenness. And yet we have to be broken for God to use us. Amen? Father God, I thank you. And boy, this is tough to say, but I thank you for brokenness. I thank you, Lord, that uh, before the foundation of the world, you understood where each of us was going to be. You saw where we would go off track. You knew exactly what you had to bring into our life to break us so that we would be useful once again for service to you. So Lord, as we are broken, I pray that we would repent. As we're broken, I pray, Lord, that we would understand that God's not going to, you're not going to use us until we come through this. Lord, as we're broken, remind us that you are indeed in control and you will deliver us as we repent. Father, I thank you so much for your word. If there's one here today that does not know you as Savior, may this be the day. They are already broken. The way to get out of brokenness, the way to move past brokenness in the salvation experiences to receive him as their Savior. Lord, if there is one here today, I pray that they would could pray a real simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I know that I am broken. I'm broken because of my sin. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Come into my life and save me. I believe when you died on the cross, you died in my place, that I could live with you forever in heaven. And I thank you for that. And if there's one here today that prayed that prayer, 
Understanding that prayer doesn't save you. It's your heart attitude that does. Slip your hand up that I can pray for you. Anybody at all. Anybody at all. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, uh, we close this service. And as we, as we go into the next phase of ministry, I pray that you'd give Ben uh, clarity as he shares the vision of his heart. Cast some vision that we might understand a deeper, a deeper opportunity for ministry. I pray the Spirit of God would be here and convict as need be, refresh us. In your son's precious name for his sake, amen.